0: Well, it wasn't the funnest game to watch on a Sunday afternoon. Phoenix Suns up through three quarters, pretty much handling themselves, handling the Oklahoma City Thunder, doing what you're supposed to do against a sub-500 team. Fourth quarter begins. Phoenix Suns allow an 18-2 run. Started with a 6-0 run in which Monty Williams calls timeout like he should. And he runs the same lineup back out there, Matthew. And they can they continue to just get decimated without the services of Kevin Durant, without the services of one DeAndre Ayton. The Phoenix Suns lose and are now thirty seven and thirty three on the season. Welcome to the Suns Jam Session podcast.
1: Yeah, um, so without DeAndre Ayton, it actually looked okay at first, but then it's like, oh, now I miss him, right? I mean, this whole game, you're kind of like. This is a game we can maybe win with that DeAndre Ayton. I kind of forgot win. he was on the team sometimes because they were playing so well. And then all of a sudden, you're like, dude, we need that extra guy. But you just had your booker. Just couldn't do enough. Couldn't score 50. Couldn't get us enough tonight, right?
0: Yeah, it's like only if he had a guy who could score 18 points and get him 10 rebounds in the middle to help out, maybe they could have pulled this one out. So yeah. for, for all of the anti-DA people, I hope that this is a reminder that Darius Baisley ain't it. Okay, the fact that that... Monty Williams had to play Darius Baisley as much as he did tonight should remind you of the effectiveness of DA. Is it an effectiveness relative to his, his price for value paid? That's a different conversation. The sheer fact that he's out there definitely allows the Phoenix suns an opportunity to win a game like they did or they, that they played against the Oklahoma city thunder. But ultimately uh, the Suns lose 34 points for the Oklahoma city thunder in the fourth quarter, 24 for the Phoenix suns. Uh, a game that it, it makes me mad like i am pissed but mm-hmm. i'm also just like trying to take in the big picture of things and that's something that we'll talk about on this edition of the sun's jam session podcast so for those of you joining us along live in the in the chat truly appreciate it hit that thumbs up button while you're kicking it here if you're listening to this tomorrow morning uh, happy Monday. <laughs> Hope your workday is going better than the Suns <laughs> basketball game was. Uh, and again, thanks for, thanks for listening to the podcast. We truly appreciate all the yeah, support we get. Just a couple of ding bats like ourselves. We like to talk about the Phoenix Suns and, you know, God bless you for tuning and listening. So it's midday afternoon. I'm going to pop open a nice cold Coors light here. As you can all see right here on the screen, the, the, the Rockies are blue. And uh, let's talk about this game. It is the first game of a three-game road trip for the Phoenix Suns, losing this one 124-120, to 120, which, as always, brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. You know, the, the, the first two times that we played the Oklahoma City Thunder, you are a little grumpy afterwards because you didn't get to see SGA. <laughs> well, you got to see SGA today. 40 yeah. points for him, 12 of 24 from the field. 16 of 19 from the free throw line. Are you happy
1: you got to see SGA, Matthew? Yeah, Are you feel no. better about that? No, I mean towards the end of the game, I'm like don't let him shoot. I know he missed like one, but he was automatic. He was closing the game out for them. I'm like can he just not play today? I mean we're missing Gaten. We don't have uh, we don't have freaking KD in there. So just don't have him play today. But I was excited to see him play. Up to the point where it was seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, where I'm like, this guy's gonna probably close it out for them. Uh so then I was like, ah, This is kind of disappointing, man. I I forget how good he is, right? I mean, we have Booker on the other side who's not getting calls, but then SGA is just getting the calls. So I'm like, man, this is a rough one to watch just because he is getting the calls, and he seems like a, a more um, I guess, uh more of a superstar than Devin Booker out there, even though Booker still scored 46 points with only eight free throw attempts by him. then. I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. I love SGA, but not tonight, not today, not on a Sunday.
0: Well, and and zero three-point attempts by SGA as well. I mean, he did all of his damage inside the paint at the free-throw line. Again, of his 40 points, 16 came at the free-throw line. 36 total free-throws for the Oklahoma City Thunder, which was 12 more than the Phoenix Suns. And it's a broken record at this point. But the level of frustration that we as as Phoenix Suns fans have when it comes to officiating just continues to compound. And I think that week 22, which we just completed, this is the 22nd week of the regular season for the Phoenix Suns. Week 22 is one that really sparked the the bomb, if you will, of my imagination and my frustration because I spent about an hour yesterday on basketballreference.com and downloading the game logs from every single team in the NBA and seeing how many times they shot more free throws than their opponents. They being whatever team I chose. And when everything was said and done, the Phoenix Suns, now in 71 games played, have shot more free throws than their opponents only 23 times in the season. Which is pretty impressive. That's the fourth lowest in the entire NBA. And it it correlates with, you know, it's not a holistic statistic, right? But it, it correlates with, how many shots you take inside of 10 feet. And the Phoenix Suns are also fourth lowest in the NBA and taking shots inside of 10 feet. So it makes sense. You you create pressure. You you attack the cylinder. You generally get to the free throw line. The Phoenix Suns, you don't get the moniker, the mid-range mafia or the mid-range assassins or the, the monsters of the mid-range, whatever multiple M uh phrase you have you don't get that by attacking the rim you you get it from shooting from the mid-range but that being said it's almost it it feels like the eye test at least tells you that when the Suns do attack the basket they still don't get the calls and you're seeing that again tonight Devin Booker was getting hounded as he attacked the rim wasn't getting to the line SGA by and and I I gotta say Matthew SGA and was a part of that Paul George trade I think it's a perfect trade because they're both push off masters. SGA throws that shiver all, yeah, all the time, man.
1: Yeah, he was throwing it a lot, and um, he was kind of upset sometimes. Like he would push Booker off, and then he'd get to the rim, and he would say like Hey, I got fouled." But then it's like, "So you're fouling our guy?" But then you want a foul call, and you know when you actually finish the play and you get to the rim and you miss the layup, like mm-hmm. I don't think it works that way. But the push off was definitely still there. Um, that's one thing he gets away with. Um, the whole free throw disparity today. It does suck a lot. But again, I mean, we're talking about a Sun team that doesn't get to the free throw line. But SGA does average like 10 per game, 11 per yes. game. So he knows that. That's all he does, right? I mean, every time he goes to the rim, he's looking for contact. He falls to the floor. Hopefully he's not hurt if you're an OKC fan. And he just looks like he's going to get hurt all the time because he just throws his body out there. The way that book was kind of drawing the fouls and stuff late in the game, um, I know he doesn't get the calls. But I'm going to be honest, dude. Like a lot of the times I just I don't see the contact either. Um, it just like the one where he had the little mid range. It was like, maybe his last shot of the game, second to last mm-hmm, shot where he went down, he falls face first on the ground. But it's like, I don't know if there's really any contact there. They showed the replay. I didn't see any body contact or anything. So he's trying to draw it. It's not there. So I don't know if this is more of a thing where the suns just don't know how to get to the free throw and they're just expecting it because it is Devin Booker or else it's just like they're actually working on it, working at being more physical, getting to the rim. Um, The disparities are going to be there because I just don't think this team knows how to do it still. I know Booker needs the calls because he's a superstar in this league, but, I mean, he's a top-10 player, obviously, when he's healthy, but I just don't think it's going to happen in a lot of these games. It's going to make us frustrated because we can't match these other teams that know how to do it.
0: And the frustrating thing is, come playoff time, this is what's going to sway a game or a series. I, watching this game, yeah. watching the game against the Bucs uh, earlier last week, I get like PTSD from the finals, in which that was our Achilles heel. We couldn't get to the line. They outshot us like 148 to 105 or something in the in the NBA finals from the free throw line. Maybe more than that. And it's the same thing when you watch these games. If if you have if you have a team that doesn't know how to instinctually get to the line with consistency, it's gonna hurt you in the postseason for a couple different reasons. One, it's free points. It slows the game down. It utilizes your momentum. And two, from a mental standpoint, if you're going down there and you are getting the calls, you're not taking yourself out of the game. Well, that's what the Suns can do at times. It didn't really happen tonight, but it did happen in the Bucks game where they find themselves complaining all the time that they become unfocused. And when you get unfocused, yeah. you turn the ball over. We did see the Phoenix Suns turn the ball over plenty in the fourth quarter. And you're right on some instances. Devin Booker definitely fishes for fouls much akin to SGA and Giannis and Jokic yeah. and Luka and everybody. The difference is, is they get the calls consistently. They get the calls and they, and there's no, there, there's no arguing that just to go and simply look at the free throw attempts per game metric. And you'll see that all the guys that I just mentioned are easily above Devin Booker's. I think he has six free throw attempts a game and on the mid range shot. Yeah. I didn't see a lot of contact, but I did see a lot of contact when he went right down the middle and laid the ball in and got pushed off to the side again there, there's he gets allowed the, the the officials allow body contact to Devin booker but not against it's it's one of the strangest things i consistently see. there's nothing we can do about it we can sit and we can gripe at the end of the day it's a 124 to 120 loss to the oklahoma city thunder do the officials have a part in it of course uh, when you give up that many or when, when the whistle is blowing that easily on one side of the court and isn't blowing easily on the other side of the court, it affects the game. But it also mm-hmm. is some bad, bad just fourth quarter play by the Phoenix Suns. Yeah.
1: You know, they entered the fourth quarter, what, up 10? And they, yeah, they, I mean, they, it was a the game. Anytime the Thunder got back into the game, it was, you know, the Suns just kind of pulled away again. Um, but Johnny Sierra, I think that's how you say it, Sierra. Um, There's no contact on the other side, Matthew. And the thing is, like, the contact, it's not always there, right? It's like I an art it. form. It, getting to the line is just a total art form. It is, it's a lot of complaining, a lot of just throwing your body in a certain way, using your left, right hand in certain situations, like – if you don't work on it and you don't just have these refs, like the refs know like, Hey, this guy gets the line, right? Look out for that. Maybe that's what they do. Maybe the refs just hate Booker. Who knows? But they might just hate him. Cause he what does. It feels if like. you ask any player who talks a lot of shit, it's always Booker. Maybe the refs get sick of it. Right. They sick of hearing him, you know, jibber jabber. Cause every time we see a technical, it's always like, what did he say? He must be saying some nasty stuff to get a technical. Who knows? Maybe they just hate him for that reason. But it is an art form. Um, but yeah, man, like today's game, it was like, I seriously going into it. I thought the Suns were going to lose. I thought it was like, this is probably when we lost Thunder play hard. Last time we played against a couple of teams that play hard. We just, we couldn't put up with them. And then I was like, oh, we actually got this game. The Thunder were making a lot of mistakes, but it was still kind of a closer game. I know 10 points, 11 points. Mm-hmm. It's not super close, but the way the Suns were shooting from three, the way that the Thunder were actually like making a lot of mistakes today. I was like, how are we not up by like 20 or 30 in this game? And then I came back. So many honestly. missed layups. Yeah, a lot of missed layups. A lot of missed, a lot of missed layups.
0: <laughs> <laughs> missed dunks, missed layups. Yeah. And again, to, to your point, when it comes to the officiating, and it's an art form, it's an art form, yes. And it's it's one that Devin Booker, he he pulls all of the same tricks. He, he does. does. You look at what SGA does. He does the head bob thing, whereas you're driving down to, into the paint, and uh, any member of the opposition gr- mildly touches you. You whip your head back like you just got in a car accident. And you use your body against their body in an effort to create contact. You jump into players. And we've seen it. Devin Booker has done those kind of things, and he does get some calls. But when you go against other players and you see the frequency at which they get their calls, that's when it really starts to shock you. That's when you really take a look and you go, oh, damn. Like, Devin Booker, does he get calls? Yeah, but... He doesn't get calls with the same frequency that other people have. Uh, This season, so far, his highest free throw attempts, he had 15 in a game against the Utah Jazz, which was a loss for the Phoenix (laughs) Suns early in the game. But he had 15, and it's like every night, every night, we're playing against some player who is getting to the line with the frequency that SGA did 19 times you know, 24 times for Giannis. It, it just, it seems that way. And again, that's where the one-sidedness starts to come in. If you're a Suns fan, if you're seeing how much one player from the opposition is getting to the line and how little your star is, let alone your entire team is, you start to go, okay, like what kind of bullshit is this? And we've been through this before and we'll be, we'll go through it again. It really questions your, your Faith in the league, the integrity of the league and how viewable it is, because if it's ultimately going to be decided by human error, it will always be imperfect. That's why baseball yeah. is starting to get better and better because they're taking a lot of the human error out of it. Football is always going to have human error, but they've done a really good job of taking it out of it. But basketball, due its high paced nature, it's going to always have that human error. You're going to have the egos involved of the different officials who can't take being called a bitch ass pussy by Devin Booker. And they just, you
1: know, they start to
0: they start to throw those technicals around.
1: They do. And uh, it's, it's something where it's going to control the playoffs. But these players, they know, like, it does control the whole game, right? So that's why they're so focused on getting the ref's attention the whole game. Like, mm-hmm. they're the ones that are going to sway the game for you at the end. You know, those technical fouls are huge that it can sway the momentum. Anytime, you know, if the game slows down, it's because of free throws. It's a way to get back into a game like OKC did. It's just it's it's the mo- it's the smartest way to go about like improving your game. It's just getting to the line, working on the refs. If you don't have that, you're gonna lose in the playoffs. You just 100%. because it, it's a nasty way to watch watch the game, but it's just the truth. If you just can't get to the line, even Katie he can, but do you want Katie to try to get to the line to get hurt? Do you think you want Booker to try because he might get hurt? Do you with want his Paul? Hamstring. Paul can't he do it. He can't do it anymore. There's a little fat pug out there, dude. He can't he is. do it. He can't do it. <laughs> He's so not good. fat, but. <laughs> He's, he's, thick, chunky.
0: he's chunky he's chunky and man. again that's the challenge that i see with this phoenix suns team <laughs> as as we look at a playoff run is we're going to run into situations kind of like we did last year against the dallas mavericks like we definitely did against the new orleans pelicans where they just killed us at the line and, and it's just another obstacle you have to overcome you already have to overcome the physicality of the game and the talent of the opposition but you also have to overcome your inability to get to the line and your inability to slow the game down and get those points that could also sway a game because if you mm. have the opposition in foul trouble, they have to pull people out. And those are things that this this Phoenix Suns team, and it's a, it's a product of Monty's system is what it is. When you have Devin Booker and you have Chris Paul, you're going to build a system around those guys. Well, those guys aren't SGA's. Those guys aren't Giannis's or Lucas or guys who can get it to those certain spots and draw those fouls. So you're just a product of your own environment at this point. So mm. I think we've spent enough time kind of talking about the, the, uh, the the officiating, I think it was a conversation that we've probably needed to have over the past week, just given the fact that the Suns, once again, are cornhold when it comes to getting to the line. I, I put a lot of research into that measly little statistic yesterday to find out that we were fourth worst in the team in, in, in the league. Uh, worst team getting to the line is the Nets. They've had like 15 games in which they've shot more free throws than the opposition. Again, the Suns have shot more free throws than the opposition in 23 of their 71 games. That means every other game, it was either a tie or the opposition shot more free throws. And that's just who the Phoenix Suns are. That means we've been that that way for the last three years. Yeah, it's it's a product of this system. So let's talk a little bit about this game. We did get the return of Landry Shaman in this one. So. Landry knee returned he got a new drop just for his return we've missed him for it so looks long. good did you just make that today i did i had a, a little extra time seeing as nice. uh, we had to wait for matthew to join the podcast a little late so landry did return in this game he played a total of 20 minutes he was three or four from downtown had 10 points had two assists had one steal as well could landry shammett
1: be our savior matthew you know, it's nice that he's back and he was huge tonight or today. But it's just like he steps up, but then like other guys kind of just are missing, right? You have him come in, just hit big threes. Good to have him back. The defense is there. You forget about the defense, but he comes back, plays great defense, I feel like, today. And then you just have guys that kind of drop off like ish, like he misses threes. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? It's just like, okay, so then one guy's back, but then someone else just can't continue to play. They were playing before, but that's just the way the bench is. Yeah. It's nice to have him. Um, I think that he's going to fill in those holes when guys have an off night. But I think just hitting those threes is huge. But, dude, if he can come in and have games like today, like every other game, it's great. But I feel like his defense was just totally missed with that with that second unit, man. I'm um, not going to say he's a leader or anything. He didn't really handle the ball like he was before. Mm-hmm. But his defense is going to be a big upside coming in off the bench. That was something we totally missed. Like going into a game today we just definitely had to play some – really some stiff defense against this OKC team, just kind of make a statement, right? I mean, they're young. They want to get going. Um, They want to just, like, push the pace. They want to – well, actually, pace is probably not really their thing, but they just want to get up on you. They want to make sure that they can show that they have more energy than a Suns team that looks kind of old at times. But it was kind of different because you just had a lot of good defense played by a lot of different players tonight. But when you have that coming off the bench and especially coming off an injury in his first game, very solid first game back. So welcome back, Shaman.
0: Yeah, it's good to have him back just for some consistency purposes. Obviously, a lot of people are frustrated with who he was prior to to the break, prior to his his time off, uh, just because of his inconsistency. And the one thing that hasn't been inconsistent about Landry Shamet this entire year was his defense, his his hustle. And we saw him start to gain some momentum and was looking confident in his sh- in his jump shooting ability. And then the injury happened. But I look at it this way. You have you have to have the guys who you're paying the most out there. That, that's why they're getting paid, right? Uh, unless you're the Sacramento Kings with Rashawn Holmes and you're like, uh, ah, we paid him, we don't need him. I don't even know he was
1: on the team till the Ben Simmons report or the Bill Simmons <laughs> Bill podcast. Simmons. I had no idea he was still on that team.
0: Yeah, still on the team. Uh we'll see him in a couple of weeks or in a couple of games, but we won't see him. He'll be on the sideline. <laughs> But I look at Landry Shammott, there's a reason he gets paid what he is and and does, and that's due to his experience, his shooting ability, and the the fact that he can play make a little bit, and he can play some defense. And I just think that having that extra body for the rotations and with the second-team unit is going to do nothing but help that second-team unit. Now, that being said, the second-team unit over the past couple of games, especially in that Orlando game, has really been playing a little bit better. And like you said, it's just frustrating – to have that inconsistency where it's like, oh, okay, Landry's back, but now somebody else is going to suffer, like Ish, because Ish looked like dog shit today, yeah, uh, on, on both A sides. A lot of big of threes floor. missed. A lot of big threes missing, including one at the very end of the game. Yeah, so having Landry back is absolutely paramount to the the fundamental success of the second team. Now, will it translate over time? I don't know. We'll have to sit back and see and watch and see him get his his legs underneath him once again and all that all that jazz. But I. I enjoyed seeing him back out there. I have more confidence in his shot than I do in like an Ish Wainwright. Right. I have more confidence in his shot than I do a Jock Landell from three, like stop Jock, even though he hit one today, you know, Tory or uh Tory Craig uh, Landry. I have just a little bit more confidence. Yeah. In. So we'll see if moving forward, if that, if that actually equates to success, but it's good to have him back, obviously.
1: Yeah, the more, the more, the better. And it's a guy that they still like. So, I mean, he's going to get a lot of minutes. I know you said he's getting paid a lot, so put him in there. But Shama's just always going to get minutes. And I think probably for just that reason, you got a Jerry Jonesy. You got to throw him out there because you're paying him a lot of money. Whether you're going to lose or not, just keep shooting threes. But he was so valuable before, right? Yes. This season, he's actually played pretty good. So that was why we suffered so long without him. We really did. Now, we'll see if he can continue.
0: Never thought that it, we'd be like, I don't Oh, it's weird to say. we need Landry. We need Landry. <laughs> Big Dick Booker. I just feel kind of bad for Booker in a game like tonight, man. 46 points for for Devin Booker. 18 of 28 from the field. 7 of 8 from the free throw line. 3 of 7 from beyond the arc. 3 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal. I just feel bad for him, man. Like... He's he's carrying this team, and I it always scares me when he has to carry the team this much that no one else of the 120 points he had to have put in 46 tonight. And I know that there's no Katie and I know there's no DeAndre. And so those are your other two top scorers on this team. So obviously Devin Booker's got to step up, but man, he just he has to carry this team so far. And there's so much. It's like this guy can never just have a good, nice, easy night. And the team just yeah. you know oh hey look at Landry just <laughs> dropped twenty and and uh, Terrence Ross just dropped twenty and you know Dem Booker he just needs fifteen
1: you know it's just geez man yeah times tonight it was kind of like uh, MJ out there a little bit just his shot making was insane mm-hmm. um, the Always the waste is. of a game it can be a waste for sure and I think the forty points kind of snuck up on me it, it kind of did it was kind of a quiet it's like a, one it's like a gummy yeah it just sneaks up on you yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, and it was a bad trip for sure towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I'm looking forward to the day Katie's back next to him because it's very hard for him to do anything, especially you have another guy you're trying to rely on, and uh, Chris Paul really that just has an off night. And if that's happening, then you have zero chance really to pull a win together, Um, even against an OKC team that you can maybe beat, even though I thought it was going to be a loss. It's a t- It's a team that you can maybe squeeze one out at the end, but when you have no one really stepping up offensively and hitting wide open threes, and it's just going to be crucial towards the end for him to hit every shot. And that's what I wanted to happen. I wanted him to have the ball. Like, why are you not shooting? I know ish had that three, but he was kind of covered, but why are you spreading the ball around? Why are you trying to hit a wide open ish in the corner when he's over three? Like, that's not a shot I want. I want book to shoot it just like SGA at the end of the game. He mm-hmm. should have been shooting every shot. Like they kept passing the ball around. Giddy turned the ball over and I forget who was shooting other, those guys' names. I cannot remember my apologies but <laughs> if, SGA, if sga is not shooting the ball what are you guys doing like he's the one that's going to close out the game for you booker should have had every shot he should have had 15 tonight and he should have closed the game out and try to win the game for us and maybe even tied it up with the three but because even that corner three he had dude there's like nothing but net i'm like dude this guy's on fire tonight why is he just not shooting and he got double teamed a little bit towards the end but he kind of got into his spot just raise up and shoot it. I would rather take a hard Devin Booker shot than passing the ball around to anybody else to shoot the ball from three.
0: Yeah, the challenge is he's being triple teamed out of the perimeter. And for the, for some reason, the Suns don't have the ability to do that to SGA, right? Like, they no. don't go and, and front him and try to triple and just simply put take the ball him. out of their head. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. they put he Ish on him out. in an ISO. It's, yeah. It drives me nuts, and I completely agree. If the Phoenix Suns would double team, like, why can't our team pick up anybody full court like why do we never do that we've talked about it before but it drives me fucking nuts man yeah like, i don't know like burn make sga burn them out and i know that uh i think k ray said it on the broadcast with like five minutes left he's like and that is the first foul for Shea gilgus alexander i repeat that is the first foul but it's like that's a product of shitty coaching. That's a product of the Suns not trying to get SGA into switches and making him, him defend, and trying to wear him out a little bit physically. Right from a defensive standpoint, they don't pick him up ever full court. They don't try to body him up. They let him get all the way down within ten feet, and then they put a body on him and he gets the foul every time. They don't meet him at the perimeter. They allow him to. Do, they were allowing to do whatever they want. They just they sit back on their heels and they're like come at me, bro. It's the same thing with like Giannis, right? Like Giannis, if you can, if you confront him out at the three point line, throw a double team at him, he's going to dish it around. He's going to hit one of his quality teammates and they might make the shot, sure. But you're not in foul trouble now. And Torrey Craig will still have all of his teeth. It's the same thing with SGA. I don't know why you see what one team does to you. Devin Booker gets the ball. He's 30 feet from the basket and they're throwing doubles at him. When he navigates through that, They've got a triple team waiting for him. So he has to pass out of it. And Ish, of course, is wide open. And once he lets it go, you're like, that's not even close. So that's the most important shot of the game. And they took it out of Devin Booker's hand. And kudos to Devin Booker. 46 points. He still navigated all the bullshit they were throwing at him. But I just don't understand why the Suns can't do it on the other side. It's two things that will drive me nuts. That they don't double team. And they don't pick up anybody full court ever. Like, you have guys who can do both of those things. And, like, you just don't. And what they do is if they do a double team, it's a late coming double team that's unbelievably choreographed. It's like the guy from 14 feet away who's guarding the guy in the corner. He's like, he comes running over his hands up. He's like, I'm going to be the double team guy. You can see it's going to be me.
1: And then they yeah. pass right out of it. It just drives me nuts. Man. Well, what we do is I feel like a lot of times we let these offenses just kind of dictate the end. They're just like, all right, well, I'm going to be in this spot. I'm going to take my time. Like I have the think space. Do that good? Uh, huh? Do the Suns think they're that good that they can do that? I don't know. They feel like they can escape it. It's just like, okay, so we're going to give up the shot to the best player like three or four times in a row. And SGA should have taken more shots towards the end. He had, he had the option. I felt like, and we're just going to see if we can live, we can live through to the next day. You know what I mean? We can just live through this game and see if we can squeak out a win with him, maybe missing. He didn't miss one. Like I said, but those are just nice looking shots by him. It was easy money. Can you imagine Booker getting those shots? The game would have been over. Like, yeah. And like you said, it does get triple team, double team, but he's done such a good job too, trying to maneuver and get out of those. Where I'm like, oh, take that shot. Oh, take it. Like you just he's kind of maneuvering. It's like, oh, he's raising up, but he passes out. Like, no, like he should have just took that because I would have lived with that. But SGA just wide open, man. It was kind of like um uh De'Aaron Fox, who hit that game winner three the other night where it was just he just stepped right into a three, like kind of when Kevin Durant did it to ice the uh the uh the Cavs at one uh, finals, get his first finals with the Warriors, yeah. Like so it was like right a wide it. open. Yeah. Just step right into it. Like that's what SGA was doing today. And I was just like, okay, so I guess we're just going to lose. Coaching is a big thing. I mean, it's hard to say, but you know, you want to double, but then if we double, then of course, we're not going to have anybody rotate over in time. They'd get a wide open three or something. Right. Like, I just feel like, that's, but I, I just feel like that's I'd, I'd, rather was gonna have, I'd rather have Lindy
0: waters, the third or whatever that guy's name is, or Luke yeah. Dort taking that three, than allowing SGA to just pummel the interior and pummel it again, and pummel it again, and just keep chipping away at the interior. At some point, you have to take the ball out of the hands of the best player yeah. of the opposition, which is what teams do to us all the time. They're like, okay, Book is your best, best player. Blitz him. I don't care if you throw three fucking guys. He's not going to beat us. If Ish Wright's going to beat us, Ish Wright's going to beat us. But that's... It's it's a philosophy that apparently runs, runs one way with the Phoenix Suns. So... Uh, I do want to talk a little bit more about Monty Williams, but let's talk about DraftKings first, man. Ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app opt-in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back up to $10. I got Houston winning it all. I know. I'm dumb. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Win or lose only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, Matthew, how's your bracket looking?
1: Oh, I think I was like at yesterday, I was at 160 points or something, which is not good. It's I did not. do the one for my work because they sent yeah. out the email. So I did it, and then I was like 66 out of like 200 people. I was curious.
0: Who do you have winning?
1: Oh, I picked, Um, I think I picked West Virginia. They're out. Whoever it is, they're already out. Wow.
0: Wow. Uh, in the Suns Jam bracket thingy, I want to give a shout out to DXF234. It's currently in first place with 38 points. And then Burr Fammy is uh, tied for second with Fire Sarver at 37 points. Both of them are, are the, the the top three in our bracket pool. Their team to win is already out. The one, Two U of A's and a Kansas is out. Coach okay. Evan B's out. He picked Purdue. I'm still in. It. I'm sixth place, and I have Houston, uh, so they're still alive. Wow. They won, they won yesterday. Maybe to you weren't We'll see. Give it some time. Give it some time.
1: Where in the world
0: is T.J. Warren?
1: Where in the world's TJ Warren today, man? He's the I only he member was...
0: of the Phoenix Suns who didn't get to play.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was hanging out with us today, dude. We took a walk at halftime over at my friend's house. So he was over there. He was at the river. I mean, not the river, the lake. We're just hanging out trying to fish for some of that nice carp. I think nice. he was just hanging out there all day. Yeah. So he's so
0: TJ Warren, instead of showing up and playing for the Phoenix Suns, he's down by Desert Breeze Park just Throwing a fishing line in Trying to catch some carp Yeah,
1: Tempe, where we
0: (laughs) yeah, Tempe Town Lake Well, there you go, folks In case you were wondering Where TJ Warren was That's where he was at Nowhere to be seen Nowhere at all
1: Ever since I've been here We talked about Everything you want Is on the other side of hard This is hard
0: Monty, Monty Williams Coach of the Phoenix Suns We've already talked a little bit about some of the coaching challenges in this game. The One thing that drove me absolutely nuts was, again, that 6-0 run that started the fourth quarter for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Monty Williams calls a timeout. The Suns are getting pummeled on the interior. Darius Baisley, ladies and gentlemen, is not the answer. Yet Monty Williams just put all the same guys back out there, and they continue to just get their asses handed to him. Uh, I don't know if it was a good coaching session there by Monty. I think he's probably had some better. Uh, what were your thoughts on Monty overall? And I know you typically don't side on the, the side of saying that was some shitty coaching. Cause we don't know. So tell me just your thoughts quickly on, on Monty <laughs> and tell me your thoughts on Darius Bailey today.
1: I mean, he had the one dunk. I'm like, what? The one and it was against Saric, right? Everyone was going after Saric. I think it was smart for them to trade him to the Thunder because we play him ten more times this year. <laughs> so we just search, search for him. That's how we get those leads. When like Devin Booker season. went for that block, like he wouldn't have tried that against
0: anybody. But when it was on Dario, <laughs> he's like,
1: "Fuck this! I'm gonna." He's like, "I know this yeah, motherfucker can't." He jump. was the worst. Plus, plus minus. He was minus nine today. So <laughs> just go right at him. Um, yeah, today, dude. Uh, so, Monty, I mean, going to the game for me, I thought it would be a loss. So, the fact that it was actually kind of close and they kind of dominated most of the game, I think the defense played very well. Um, but towards the end, everyone's saying, you know, with Jock, Bismack, why is Jock not playing as much? I think that was one of the the mm-hmm. questions there. Basically, you give him a chance, you let the fans see it, then you just know he's not really that, because he's not. We kind of knew him coming into the season, like, or when we got them back in the trade, we are like, He's not going to see well, the light of day. And we kind of know why now, but also it's like, why are you not playing Jock more? Why are you just, why was Bismack and Jock not actually just splitting the time? You know what I mean? Cause usually yeah. it's like Aiden, Aiden will play. And then you have Bismack and Jock splitting the other minutes, right? One of them, one of them will not play the game. So I thought that's the way it was going to be. I don't think Jock or Bismack had a horrible game. I know Bismack is an absolute, absolute zero on offense. Whenever he has a chance to try, I mean, he, Set up towards the beginning of the game. He actually had that one layup from Chris Paul, but anything further from two inches from the rim, he has the hardest time, especially from the free throw line, just airballing it. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I can't just because things go wrong in a game and a team goes on a run. I'm not going to say like, Hey, Monty, why don't you do this? No, it's, it's because we have no one else to rely on right now, other than Booker, man. And if Chris Paul doesn't get it going in the fourth quarter, it's just a waste of possession. Cause he wastes so much time on the clock trying to get into things. So it's not on Monty. It's just the one game this year so far for me. I
0: I put it on Monty. I do put it on Monty. Oh,
1: okay, cool. When, 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 <laughs> when,
0: when, when you're getting pummeled, you need to make an adjustment. When the team comes out and they're hot and they're dominating the interior, which is what they were doing at the beginning of the fourth quarter, you need to make an adjustment. And he didn't make an adjustment. He's like, I'll stay small ball five with Darius Baisley out there, who's barely seen the light of day, as you mentioned, with the Phoenix Suns, rather than putting a Jock Landell out there or a Bismack Biombo. And he just refused to do that. He's like, no, I'm going to stick you know, Monty's one of those guys. He sticks to his guns to the point where it's detrimental to the success of the team at times. Now, in no way, shape, or form am I saying, fire Monty Williams or he's a bad coach. Did he have a bad moment? Yes. Every coach has a bad moment. Every coach is overanalyzed. Uh, on on podcasts, on talk shows, and articles, wherever you can. So I'm frustrated with some of the lack of adjustments that he had in this game. But overall, again, I'm, I still support Monty. He said in his post-game presser, we're one of the worst teams in the league when it comes to fouling. We have to correct that. Uh, no shit. Um, he's saying the loss is on him, and I'll, I'll agree with that. You know, I just, again, I think that you have to have some ability to make simple adjustments and putting the same guys back out there. Like, I don't know what they said in the huddle. He's like, dude, no, we got this man. We got this. And libertarian Sasquatch in the super chat. Again, thank you for that dollar 99. We appreciate it. He asked the question, does Monty hate jock? He needs more minutes. Jock Landell in this game ended with a total of 15 minutes. He was two of five from the field. He had five points, three rebounds, one assist, one steal. Bismack had mm-hmm. 20 points or I'm sorry, 20 minutes. Darius Baisley had seven and that was kind of the, the center rotation for the Phoenix Suns. I just don't know why in that critical time, Baisley was out there and he didn't make that adjustment. Bazley ended with seven minutes. He was a negative five. He had three points in this game. And I just hope that Suns fans like can see that and recognize that because a lot of them are clamoring for Baisley all the time. Like there's always this, the, the, the next when guy, losing, that, yeah. when, when you're losing, it's always mm-hmm. the, the 16th guy on the bench. They're like, all right, let's uh let's uh what, what what's the assistant coach jared jack we need a jared jack have him put on a jersey now because he's the answer it's like no you just need to find some semblance of stability in your rotations and when you're playing every guy but tj warren you're not gonna find that
1: yeah dude you know jock was in a groove too i felt like i thought biz was in a groove i know i said offensively it's not there but these guys were just they were holding they down the rebound fort. Yeah, they were doing what they do the best, especially against a team like the Thunder, man. These guys were dominating in their own ways, I felt like. Just keep going back and forth with those two. Um, but the only thing is Jock, I mean, around the rim, it can be rough to watch, right? But the, he needs more reps. Like, the more he is involved in the game, he gets better. And I think Cameron Payne, too, man, um, I know it's only 15 minutes. He, or, Yeah, 15 minutes. He didn't, I think, only two points. Yeah, two points, mm-hmm. six assists. There's going to be a time where... Cameron Payne, he had the two good games in a row, right? Tonight wasn't terrible, but one for five, but he had one turnover. Yeah, is, why, is why did he only
0: play how many minutes? Did he play Matthew?
1: Fifteen minutes, not even fifteen minutes. Yeah, but that's, did he get that's, injured? I don't. Oh, you know what? I there think was he one did. play where it looked like he got twice, hurt and then the his, second time he went underneath the basket, I yes. was like, oh, he's hurt, and he didn't come back. So that's probably what happened. And that's why, like, I, like as you were talking, I'm on Twitter trying to see yeah. if there's anything about there Cameron has to be Payne. that ankle. He every game he gets hurt with that, and. I want – that sucks because I want to see him finish a game for Chris Paul sometimes. Yes. Just see what it's like because I think he can hold his own defensively and I think that he can be the extra spark offensively that Booker needs to help him out until Katie gets back. But, well, and also, I mean, if they, he hurts they, again, dude, that they, sucks.
0: But, but also, like we saw it last game, we saw some Cameron Payne and Chris Paul lineups, and I thought even those – were very productive because again it put him in kind of the, the two guard. So it's like I don't know. I, I haven't seen anything. I've kind of I'm kind of perusing through Twitter while we're doing the podcast live. So if anybody he in the chat me, so. sees anything that we didn't, you know, even EJ uh,
1: said EJ said and he's like, oh, it looked like he twisted the ankle on that one or whatever. Yeah, on that drive. So I'm like, oh, damn it, dude. Because that's if that's a thing, like he's gonna be nothing for us in the playoffs. Like he has no control over that, obviously. But that's that's detrimental man yeah big time because again he has to be that spark plug he has to be that guy there ain't no bench without him
0: this is true this is true we, uh, and you don't have a facilitator of the bench <laughs> uh shit um again we no started. official report here on the Suns jam session but we'll see moving forward uh josh giddy i want to talk about him yeah so he got another technical foul in this game which brings me to trivia time
1: you know what time it is <laughs> trivia
0: time it's a great drop all right so josh giddy got his second technical foul uh against the suns this year right last time we played them he got a technical foul how many technical fouls does josh giddy have on the season matthew is it one no he's already he's got two against the suns oh (laughs) Six, six. So I will say this: looking up technical fouls is tough. Like, there's no on Basketball Reference on NBA stats; they don't have like just a technical foul thing. You really have to do some research. But I, uh,
1: he has two this season. Both have happened against the Phoenix Suns. Wow, is that stupid? That is crazy. Is that nuts? I feel like Book should have had one tonight, but I guess he took one from Book. Who knows? All right. So, (laughs) question number two: How many technical fouls does Devin Booker have? Six. He has eight. Okay. What's Which the is, what's the
0: max sixteen? No, you can go above sixteen. So there's okay. currently three players in the NBA who have sixteen or more technical fouls. Can you tell me who all three of those players are?
1: Yeah, so it'd be Dylan Brooks, correct? Draymond um, Green, correct? And uh, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is it? Uh, I can't get. I don't know.
0: Who's who's as big of a bitch as those two? <laughs>
1: it's Dylan Brooks, Draymond Green. Is it Luca?
0: Else? Luca. There you go. Nailed oh
1: it. wow! Well done, sir.
0: Dylan Brooks has seventeen. Draymond Green and Luca Doncic both have sixteen. Okay. Trey Young has fifteen. And I don't know if you could guess who number five on the list is. Uh, number five. Yeah, who's who's number five in the NBA when it comes to technical fouls? He has fourteen. Kind of surprised me. I guess I just, Bobby Portis. No, good guess. I like that guess. Uh, This is guy. uh, It's Anthony Edwards.
1: Oh, yeah. I would never guess. I would
0: never have guessed Anthony Edwards being number number five. I would never
1: guess Trey Young either because I forgot he even plays in the league, dude. He just (laughs) has like no coverage this year at all. So I have no good.
0: It's nice. Uh, But he cries all the time, too. And you have to remember when you hit that 16th technical foul, that's when you get suspended a game. So Mm. both Draymond and Luke have been suspended a game. I guess Dylan Brooks has been suspended two games now. So. But it goes to show you again for all of those, and, and we'll talk about a little bit here on the subreddit Stakeout momentarily. Those of you who, who say Devin Booker bitches and whines, no, nah, he's got eight. He's got eight total technical fouls. Now that that being said, in the past is something I used to track. He used to be like a top five guy every year, but he was. Yeah,
1: I got a trivia really quick for you. Ooh, fire! Was the first full blood Native American basketball player to play in the in the NBA. Plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder right now
0: i don't know any of their names uh that waters guy
1: yeah lindy waters lindy i didn't know that today yeah my friend told me
0: there you go yeah matthew is matthew's friends with the one oklahoma city thunder fan in <laughs> yeah. arizona it's actually quite impressive uh speaking of the thunder is it weird how the thunder were wearing orange today and the suns were wearing like thunder blue like why yeah, did they, they do that
1: i don't they're orange is uh it's ugly too right Orange yeah. is hard to pull off, but those are pretty
0: nasty. It's like burnt Ugh. orange. It's kind of like the Texas Longhorns where the Texas Longhorns, their burnt orange looks nice against the white. But if you look at, like, Tennessee, the Tennessee Volunteers, it's like a bright orange. It's gross. So, yeah, orange is a tough one to pull off. That's it is. I like I like the Suns shade of orange, and I think when they have orange jerseys, it does look okay if it's done right. If you go back yeah. a few years ago, before the Suns changed to their current jersey sets – when they had the the sun streaking when Devin Booker's, you know, like sophomore year, they yeah. had orange jerseys that had black font on them. I actually thought those looked okay. I like to play with those on 2K. Those look pretty nice. Those are actually
1: probably the best ones. It, it is all about like the logos, the arrangement, and then actually yes. just you know the names on the back, the letters, but they always mess it up. Those ones were I'm, bad. I'm with Landon
0: Alverson. The sun's blue needs to be retired. Because we've the worn turquoise. it now, the, the next, the, the, the last, yeah, the turquoise that we're currently wearing. Because the Suns have worn it the last three three games in a row, and if you look at the remainder of the regular season, and, and one place you can go, Suns fans, if you don- didn't know this, if you go to lockervision.nba.com, it'll show you the uniform matchups for the remainder of the season. That's how we do our logos and such for our podcast. We know what's upcoming, if you will. They play the jazz in the city edition jerseys uh on the 27th and then one more time against the san antonio spurs so we only have to see those turquoise uniforms only two more times for the remainder of the season uh hopefully none none in the playoffs right yeah i think so i hope not god that would be absolutely horrible to see those things i just I, I after three games in a row you just kind of get sick we're the phoenix suns man we shouldn't be wearing the oklahoma city th- 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 oklahoma city thunder colors the Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So I was hanging out in the Oklahoma City Thunder subreddit just with my hat backwards, just like this. Uh, You, you ever
1: been a backwards hat wear guy? Yeah, I wish I was. Sometimes I look good. I wore one last night. Look pretty good. Did you? I used to wear my hat backwards
0: all the time. All the time. So... uh. I just got your message. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. We got like <laughs> right. 10 minutes or so. All right. All right, cool. Um, So here we go. First thing on the subreddit stakeout. I'm a Mavs fan. Y'all better kick the shit out of Booker, please. That guy needs a new daddy. Fucking Mavericks fans. Cute. Uh, <laughs> this Phoenix lineup looks... He's a new daddy. Yeah, because they <laughs> think Lucas is, the, is daddy. Oh, okay. You know, that's their running thing. Like, well, Lucas, daddy's... Everyone's everybody's daddy. Yeah. This Phoenix lineup really looks like a great defending one. Craig and Akogi are a good combo. What do you think about that? Craig and Akogi as a defensive combo for the Phoenix Suns. They are.
1: I think they're great. Well, if they you look at, at Craig's a little bit limited in some ways, but Akogi's perfect.
0: Yeah, I think Akogi actually does a lot of that heavy lifting for them if you will. It really does. If you go to nba.com, you can actually look up like two man lineups. Mm-hmm. Um And I think I was doing it and then I could just completely click the wrong thing, but I'll, I'll do it. Here we go. Two player lineups, fans filters, Phoenix suns is the team. Let's just see if they have any, if we have any statistics with those two on the court together. So do this Bismack Biombo. Tori. So who did I say? Tori Craig and who? Josh okay. Shikogi. This is the worst part of the podcast. Is when I research things live on the <laughs> air. Everybody, everybody's just sitting there like, "This is not. It's not even going to be worth it when it's over." Uh, Josh Akogi, blah 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 blah. Josh Akogi, and Cameron Johnson. <laughs> <sighs> too soon, too soon. Miss You Camp. Um, I'm not finding anything. Last page, last page. T. Craig, T. Craig, T. Craig, T. Craig, and Akogi. Salty's game here.
1: So- wear my hat backwards. Shout out.
0: There we go. There we go. Uh, yeah, they're a plus 1.7 on average in a game, so they're good.
1: It's not consistent, though. There's not it's a whole not. lot of time. You know, it's if there not. was like Mikhail and Okoge, oh, that would be fucking ridiculous.
0: Oh, I know. If we experiment with that a little bit yeah. more. Uh, Biombo really turning into prime Shaq against OKC. laughed my ass off. Yeah, I filled uh, feeling good.
1: Yeah. Really did in the beginning.
0: Till, till Monty's like, yeah, hey, I don't want to play him. And then somebody said, uh, any center does, to be honest. Then somebody said, fuck Booker, this motherfucker,
1: ugly as fuck. I don't know, man. I was at my uh, friend's house. His wife likes him. So there there you go. (laughs) This person (laughs) has no idea what they're talking
0: about. This washed up Ross motherfucker only shows up against us. He's ass otherwise. It's so annoying.
1: No, he's he's had some good games now. You know what I mean? Like he had the one good game when he came came into Phoenix, and then he had like three bad ones, and he had another good one, then a couple of bad ones. But, but he two, had that 20, he, ones right.
0: He had that twenty-four point game that was against OKC, so that's probably why they think that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's
0: not ass. He's more like that was make makeup for
1: Katie's absence, though. On that,
0: so. that's right. That's right. That was the night where it's just like, oh shit. Uh, yeah. Everybody, everybody should better show up. Leaving Damian Lee open on the perimeter is a choice, I guess. And then somebody said, Booker is so good. Uh, I know the Suns are good, but damn, this is annoying. This is obviously before they came back and beat us. Mm-hmm. Nike just handing our turquoise jer- jerseys to anyone. <laughs> um, somebody says, can't play Baisley. And then somebody says, the Bayes experience. It's kind of nice from this side.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's our Sarich and their hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Except for Sarich plays a lot more and you just hunt him out. Do whatever you want.
0: <laughs> and here's uh, the last question and I'll ask you this before we wrap up the, the subreddit stakeout. Who was more hated, Prime Chris Paul or
1: Prime Harden? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I think players hated Chris Paul more than James Harden, but the, the I always like – remember, I used to always defend Harden, and now yes, he's kind of adjusted to the league now, which he looks a lot better now today. More He's more watchable right now, but I think um, overall it was Harden for some reason. I mean, I know why. I agree, but- I agree. It was hard for sure. I just think back to watching
0: prime Chris Paul or prime Chris or prime James Harden and James Harden to me is like Luka Doncic. He makes basketball unconsumable rest. Chris Paul, he would just piss you off because he was so good at the game. Yeah. Like and, and, and to your point, James Harden. Yeah. He was good at the game. He's good at drawing fouls, just like SGA. And it was annoying the matter. He would do it though. It was like, you're bending the rules in your favor and it's not fun to watch rest. Chris Paul. Yeah. He does the rip through stuff, but he's also really, really good. And I'll never forget that right before, right after the all-star break, or it was before the all-star break. It was after the, the, they announced who the final all-star uh, selection guys were. Right. And Chris Paul beat out Devin Booker when Chris Paul played for Oklahoma. Yeah. Remember that remember like the next game it was Devin Booker versus Chris Paul. And, chris paul just cooked us in the fourth quarter and he yeah. just went out there i mean that's the kind of stuff that chris paul would do that we would just you it was like he was like kobe i couldn't
1: stand kobe but fuck i respected him i've never respected james harden yeah no same here but i no i i respected james harden but chris paul just kind of flew under the radar for me honestly in that way of hate yeah it's a different kind of it's It's more mm-hmm. frustration so
0: there you go the subreddit steak. The sun's jam session subreddit beep
1: Jam star of the game.
0: I forgot to ask you, Matthews, anything from your notes that we missed, or did you take notes? Um, I did
1: take notes. Um, okay. but I can't really see the screen right now, so I can't even see my notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. No, well, but... who was your jam star of the game in this one, then? Oh, it would have to be Devin. He's ugly. Booker. Yeah,
0: Devin, the ugly motherfucker Booker. The ugly yeah. guy on the court, yeah. I I completely agree with that one. Fucking great. Uh, nice and easy. Next game for the Suns, it looks like uh same. <laughs> same game.
1: I didn't <laughs> update that. I was having issues with the Lakers logo. I don't know. It was a pain in the ass. So I just stopped.
0: Well, what I will do is I will bring up the schedule. This was for the last 20 games, and I will say this. Upcoming for the Phoenix Suns, they go to L.A. on Wednesday. Then they go to Sacramento on Friday. Then they come home against the Philadelphia 76ers for a quick one-game homestand on a back-to-back on Saturday. And then it's Monday. They're at the Jazz. Then they play the Timberwolves at home. The Nuggets at home, they play OKC again. What what I'm getting to, Jamsters, the Suns have the fourth-hardest remaining schedule In the NBA fourth hardest by winning percentage, the winning percentage of the opposition is uh, 53.1%. That's kind of where we're living at right now. So I ask you, Matthew, are you worried in any way, shape or form that the Phoenix Suns could potentially uh, lose their lose their the four seed or any other seed?
1: yeah no i well top six is what i'm going for so if they do lose it i'm fine but that's the whole this is the whole season it's like we're gonna be fine we'll be fine we'll be fine we'll be fine tonight when i when we lost the game my friends like oh you'll be you'll be fine we'll be fine all right so i'm okay i guess um but i think top six seed is what i'm looking at it doesn't matter who we play i know everyone's like oh look at the grizzlies jaw he's gonna come back you can play that team whatever but even the, even the uh, Nuggets who are struggling, it's going to be tough no matter where you're at right now. If you're in the play-on, you have a chance to win that game. But whoever you go up against in a real series in the West, it's going to be tough. So I'm showing the standings on the screen right now. And you can see the Phoenix Suns are currently
0: one game ahead of the Los Angeles Clippers who are vying for the five seed. The Mavericks are two games behind the Phoenix Suns. The Warriors are two and a half games. Behind the Suns, and that's that seven seed. That's the seven seed that Matthew's talking about. The seven seed you don't want to be in. You don't want to be in the play-in game. The the Thunder, with their win today, move up to the eight seed, which is three games behind the Phoenix Suns. Three and a half games behind the Phoenix Suns are the Timberwolves and the Jazz, and then you have the Lakers, who are four games behind Phoenix. So essentially, in the last seven, or I'm sorry, the last eleven games, the Phoenix Suns have to drop four games in the standings if they end up. Not being in the playoffs. Now, that being said, you give up a game and a half, two and a half games, you're hanging out in the play in game. So, that upcoming schedule will be a challenge for these reasons because the Phoenix Suns are going to have teams that are nipping at their heels and they're playing some of these teams. You know, the, you got the Thunder again, you got the Timberwolves, you got the Jazz. You're playing the Kings, who are above the, the Suns in the standings, who are fighting for the two seeds, so they have no reason to roll over. We play the Nuggets twice, which is the best team in the Western Conference, and although they've been struggling as of late, they're still the best team in the Western Conference. It's going to be an interesting end to the season, and I think that when we when we talk about what our expectation, when we talk about these these games and what's going on with the Phoenix Suns and losing these games in the manner they, they do, it's frustrating as fuck. Because of everything that's going on around the Suns, but that being said, we have to be we have to be focused on what the end goal is, and what the end goal is is to be, as Matthew said, a top six team. I say a top four team. I like where we're sitting at the four seed. I'd prefer the four seed versus having to be a team that's in the five or six that's going to have to go on the road in a, in the first round playoff series as they retry to integrate a hopefully healthy Kevin Durant. So. Is it frustrating to lose these games? Yeah, 100%. But the other side of this equation is a lot of these teams are losing games too, right? The The Lakers have lost two in a row. The Timberwolves have lost three in a row. The Warriors have lost three in a row. Oklahoma City has won one. The Utah Jazz have won one. the The Clippers, you know, they've lost a few. They've lost one in a row, but they lost some prior to that. It's okay to lose these games if the opposition and the other teams vying for this, these playoff spots are losing as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you go into the playoffs, all these teams are just kind of waiting for that. And I think it's so different this year because the way we look at it, especially the Warriors, from from my side of things, I'm like, this Warriors team is still, you know, they're going to be tough to, to beat. But right now, even though they lose three games in a row, I'm like, I'd still pick them over, like, what, the Nuggets? I, I feel like I would pick them to beat the yeah. Nuggets in a series. Same thing with the Suns, man. We can lose these games, and everyone's still like, hey, KD's coming back. We'll be okay. Even if we're in the play-in, like, those play-in teams are easier to beat, right? Yeah, if it's in the play on, if it gets that bad, it's still gonna be a thing where it's like, well, get Katie back, we'll be fine. But I think by the time Katie comes back, he'll win us some games, and we can probably squeeze some of these out, maybe. But right now, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up in the play in. But I think just like the whole season, I think we'll be fine. We can probably still win that and just head into the first series and just hope that we're healthy.
0: Hope That's all we have.
1: All hope. This crazy season, guys. Yeah, crazy year is just unless we were like in like the um i don't know hunting for that number one pick in the lottery this is like a complete reverse of what the hell happened last year (laughs) tell me about it tell me about it well and you and you you look at those other
0: teams that the phoenix suns are having chased them down right like the clippers they have the 14th toughest schedule remaining again phoenix has four the the Golden state warriors they have the 20th toughest schedule remaining. Uh, Oklahoma City has the 29th toughest schedule remaining. The Lakers, 26. Dallas, 23. I mean, it's it, the, the Suns are just, they're going to have to fight, man. Yeah, They're going to have to fight. They're going to have to reach down. They're going to have to fight. And there's that quote that came out last week that's, that James Jones has said, hey, if the playoffs began today, Kevin Durant would be playing. Well, the playoffs might start earlier than April 11th. They Maybe. might have to bring him back and say, "Hey, man, we need you. We need yep. you to to hold down the fort." Because if if we're 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 on the precipice of going on a slide, shit, we're already there. Yeah, we've won one out of our last five games. We're on the precipice of going on a pretty substantial slide. Again, the Lakers on Wednesday, Sacramento on Friday, Philly on Saturday. And then back home, Utah on Monday, and just boom, boom. It's it's hit after hit. That's why the frustration for us Suns fans exists with this game. Because Oklahoma City, when you're up 10, 15 points in this game, you got to win that fucking game. And you didn't, Monty. You didn't. Yeah, that one's on you. Figure it out, man. Figure it out. Damn, stuff. dude. So on that note, Jamsters, we're going to go ahead and we're going to take off. We appreciate you hanging out on this fine Sunday afternoon, this little chilly Sunday afternoon out there. As another weather. Old- Beautiful weather, man. We took the, took the dogs out to, to Desert Breeze yesterday. It was gorgeous. Uh, but, again, thanks for hanging out with us. Make sure you give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening, if you want to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we appreciate it. If not, whatever. you know, We're not pandering to the masses. We're pandering whatever you want to the fans. Well, you do you, boo. You do you. So, uh, again, make sure you follow the show. Make sure you follow me at Darth Void and read my writing on brightsideofthesun.com. You can follow Matthew. Matthew see And you can follow the show at Sun's Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Head over to our Twitch channel as well. We got some uh, a little twitchy. It, it's Matthew's got a twitch in his eye right now. He's got a migraine coming in. I can see it. it's like a storm. So on that note, chances, we're gonna take off. <laughs>
1: we'll see you on Wednesday. We'll see you on Wednesday. Yeah, go home and uh love your family.